Did you miss me? If you have a Bible, Nehemiah chapter 7 is where we're going to be today. Nehemiah chapter 7, that's in the Old Testament. And you can turn over there. We'll be there in just a moment. I was speaking of uh, Facebook earlier, so I thought I should uh, check with you. I don't know if you know, but on, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. And it's one of the ways that I feel better about myself. If I'm insecure, I go on Facebook and I look and see how many friends I have. If we're not friends yet, please send me a friend request. Basically, the standards are not high to be my friend on, on Facebook, as long as you're not a, you know, a serial killer or a, something worse. Uh, anyway, uh, I did, you know, speaking of Facebook, you know, they send you these reminders. Do you ever get a reminder about an event that you don't know anything about? So this happened to me this morning. It's a, it says, Reminder, Mumford Brewery, one year. Did some of you send, did any of you send that to me? So I'm assuming that there's a brewery somewhere that's celebrating a one-year anniversary. And uh, I don't know what that is, and I just want you to be assured I have no idea, and I'm not going. So there you go. Uh, All that's important for you to know. So this will help us with our lesson today. How many people does it take to make a movie? A lot. Well, you know, I need a little more specific than that. It does take a lot. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always a little surprising because there's so many people that do so many things that you don't really realize or understand all that goes into it. I was talking to John France before the service. Of course, he works in the industry, the entertainment capital of the world here in Los Angeles. Mostly works on television shows, but he works in produ- uh, production in the, the prop department, right, on set construction. Did I get all that right, John? You don't, you don't need to correct me or anything? Well, you do need to correct me. Okay. Uh, he does work in construction. He's a prop master. Anyway, so, you know, it's, it is kind of sad. There's a lot of people that need to work on a movie, but I love movies, and so I go to a lot of movies, and I'm one of those strange people that actually stay through the credits and uh, because I feel like these people deserve, you know, to be recognized. So I stay through the credits, and, you know, I just want to see. And so it's a lot more than just the actors and the director, right? And he got this long lip. The sad thing is they scroll through them so fast. I don't know how you would possibly know, right? I mean, if I was credited in some way on a movie, I would want them to go slowly, right? Any of you ever been credited on a movie? Oh, my goodness, Jack. Oh, wow. There's several of you. How did that feel? Yeah. Did you have to buy, like, the... The DVD and order and then and, and freeze frame it just to see your name at the end because I'm assuming you weren't the lead actor or anything. No, you weren't. You didn't direct the movie or write it. Okay, all right. What were you credited for? Music. A Dolly Parton movie. I could see that. Uh, anyway, so I looked this up. The internet is a wonderful thing. Who knows if you can believe it or not, but I, I googled this morning, how many people does it take to make a movie, and I found out over the last 20 years, a guy actually researched that, 
Over the last 20 years, you did every movie from the last 20 years. What do you think is the average number of people it takes to make a movie? Mumble, mumble, mumble. 588. That's the average. Of course, there's a lot of smaller. The largest number of people in the last 20 years, the most people, 3,310. You know what movie that was? What did you say, Kevin? No. Avatar was second. Almost 3,000. Number one, Iron Man 3. 3,310 people it took worked on that movie. Now let me just remind you of what all this know. There, by the way, in case any of you were, there is a spiritual point here. We're going to get to that in a moment. I just want you to hang on, hang on for a moment. But this is a partial list uh, beyond the actors and directors, the different departments where people work in order to make a movie. Visual effects, art, camera, stunts, sound, special effects, music, makeup, costume, production, writers, casting, transportation, editing, and grips. And I don't know what a grip is, but I know there's a key grip. And if I'm going to be a grip, I want to be a key grip. That's all I know about that. But anyway, that's probably even not a complete list. These are all the people that work together to make a movie. Many of them working behind the scenes in not an obvious way, but what they do is important and collectively they make a difference. You see that? So here's what we're going to learn today. Here's what I want you to think about today. What if we made a movie, The Lifeway Church 2016? Now, it's not a catchy title, but it's functional. We can rename it if you have to. Lifeway Church 2016. And if we had a list of credits of all the people that went into making the Lifeway Church what it was, and everybody who'd had their part to play, and everybody who had their work to do, what part would you be listed? What part would you play? Would you even be listed in the credits? Lifeway Church 2016. The title of the sermon today is, God is counting on you. In Nehemiah chapter 7 is very interesting. Let's go there and look there. If you were making a movie of the story of Nehemiah, I would recommend that you have a part one and part two. Sort of like uh, you had an Iron Man one, you had an Iron Man two. Evidently there's a three. I didn't know that. But anyway, um, is there more than three? Just three, but I'm sure they're making another one. No, they're not. Robert Downey Jr. is retired. He doesn't care about making money anymore. Anyway, the story of Nehemiah is, this took place in uh, the mid-400s B.C., a long time ago. The Jewish people were in a state of disarray. They were not doing well in any sense. They are certainly not doing well spiritually. The city of Jerusalem, the walls of the city, the holy city of Jerusalem had been down for 140 years. This man, Nehemiah, has a vision. He comes. He inspires the people. Together they rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. That is the first six chapters of 
the story of Nehemiah. That's about reconstruction. Now we start in chapter 7 through the end of the chapter. How many chapters in Nehemiah? There's 13. Thank you. You need to know that in case St. Peter asks you that at the gates of heaven. There's 13 chapters. So chapters 7 through 13, which is sort of part 2, now that the wall has been reconstructed, now we see the spiritual restoration of the people. Because there was a spiritual aspect to the wall being rebuilt. And certainly God worked, and that's clear. And Nehemiah was a man of prayer, and that's clear. And the people gained faith, and the people around them knew that God had done this because the wall had been down for 140 years. It was rebuilt in 52 days. And so, but now, now in many ways, the most important work begins. That's the hearts and the spiritual maturity and, and the place of the people that uh, they start to go to work on that. Nehemiah, Ezra now comes into the story. We'll read more about him and the rest of it. But a very interesting thing happens in chapter 7 after the wall has been rebuilt. Let's begin reading in verses 1 through 3. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani. I don't know if you remember him, but he was the one that had originally brought his, his brother, Nehemiah, who was in Persia at the time, the report about the condition of the people in Jerusalem. So now he's evidently a big part of the story. He's being put in charge as a leader in Jerusalem, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel. That's a fort or a palace. Why? Because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their post and some near their own houses. So what we see here is that Nehemiah understands something important for us to understand today. That whenever we do something for God, and whenever God accomplishes something through us, there's a couple of things that need to happen. One is we need to protect what God has already accomplished. That's why they had gatekeepers, and that's why they had guards. But also, we need to build spiritually and promote spiritual growth among God's people. And that's why it mentions there weren't just gatekeepers and guards. There were also leaders that were appointed. There were also singers that were appointed. So it seems like the worship ministry is important, right? Singers were important, and also Levites. Who were the Levites? They were the tribe of, of the Jewish people that where the priests and the, uh, those that performed those functions in the temple came from. All these people were important. And what we need to understand, and then what we're going to go on and see, is an accounting of the list of people that were involved. So let's go on reading. Are you ready? Verse 4. The wall's been rebuilt, right? But there's still a lot of work to do. Now, the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it. And the houses had not yet been rebuilt. I thought that was interesting. These people were so dedicated to what they were doing for God that they neglected their own houses to first make sure that the wall of Jerusalem was built. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? So God put in my heart, this is Nehemiah speaking, 
firsthand. So God put in my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people. Which one are you? Are you a noble? Are you an official? Or are you a common person? I think that's where most of us identify. Anyway, whoever you were, didn't matter. Nehemiah said, I want to register everybody by family. In other words, I want to pull everybody in and get an accounting of everybody that's in the city. And so we won't read it, but what happens then, you can just sort of buzz through it with me. There's a record of the people that are there. And not only it says it divides up these people by family, a lot of names of family heads are mentioned. In fact, uh, there's like 250 names of people that are mentioned starting in chapter 7 through the end of the chapter. Uh, all of them names that you do not want to name your children. But anyway, uh, just because they're from another culture and another day, nothing wrong with naming them that. But So there are all these family heads that are mentioned. It goes on and it talks about, go through the chapter, are you going through it with me? Verse 39, there's priests. Verse 43, there's Levites. Verse 44, there's singers. Verse 45, there's gatekeepers. Verse 46, there's temple servants. That's a new category, the temple servants. I don't know if you remember, the, the temple had actually been rebuilt 70 years ago, but it wasn't functioning. They weren't really worshiping in the temple, and so they're reestablishing the temple worship for the people of God. So who were the temple servants? They were, the, they were like the ushers that got there early and opened up the temple, and they took care of the physical plant, and they served, and they did all kinds of practical things to make sure the temple ran smoothly as it should. And it goes on and it goes on and it on. And then anyway, get down to verse 66. The whole company numbered 42,360. There's some very specific information here. Nehemiah took an accounting of every Jewish person, and most of them fit into one of those categories of some way that they were serving and building up the community. They were either guards or they were gatekeepers or they were temple servants or they were priests or they were Levites or they were leaders or they were singers. 42,000 of them. Now I want you to notice this. This is interesting. It says, that, how many singers were there? Go back to four, verse 44. There were 148 singers. Now that shows you something, doesn't it? Very few of us are qualified to be singers. There were 42,000 people and only 148 made it through the screening process. It's kind of like they had their own version of American Idol. You know, thousands showed up, but, you know, very few got chosen. And this is, uh, this is discouraging for me because it seems even at this point my dream of being asked to be a singer is never going to come true. So, uh, but, hashtag white, white preacher, white preacher magic. Hashtag, not pound, hashtag white preacher magic. That's what we're talking about. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Les is shaking his head. He's going, just go on with the sermon, would you? We don't need that. Nobody needs that. But... This list is so impressive. Beside the whole company numbered 42,000, there were also 7,337 men servants and maid servants, 
245 men and women. Oh, now there's 245. What happened? Well, still not very many. Um, 736 horses, 245 mules. Aren't you, aren't you glad they counted the mules? 435 camels, 6,720 donkeys. And it goes on, and there's an accounting of what people gave. Heads of the families gave, um, to the treasury, to the work, the governor gave. And then it says in verse 73, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the temple servants, along with a certain people, certain of the people and the rest of the Israelites, settled in their own houses. What do you learn from all this? We're not going to, I spared you reading all the names and going through all the numbers specifically. You can go back and read it on them if you want to. But there's some important principles here that I believe very much apply to us today. Here's the things we need to understand. First of all, people matter to God. A lot of names, a lot of numbers. Every name of every person here today and every person, individual, matters to God. But here's the thing that we all should understand. God is expecting each of us to do our part to make the church what it ought to be. Do you see that point? We all have a role to play. We all should take responsibility. We all should be doing work. We all should be participating. He's counting on us. He's expecting us to do our part. And God knows whether you do your part or not. Now let me be very uh, honest with you this morning. Real life, God's way. I believe that our church is in need of a revival. You can make your own judgment about whether that's true or not. I believe it is. I've been leading this ministry for well over 10 years. I've been in the ministry for a long time. I've been in a lot of different churches, and I've known you for a long time. What I see in a general way, I'm not judging any specific person here, in a general way, I see us becoming less and less, loving Jesus less and less, being loving the church and being committed to the church of Jesus less and less. I see us sharing our faith less and less. I see helping each other out spiritually less and less. It seems like we're reading our Bible less and less. We're praying less and less. We're giving less and less. Do I need to go on? I think we need a revival. And one of the reasons that we're praying every Monday morning at 530 is that Mike, Stephan, and I are going to be there whether you're there or not. And we've been there two weeks in a row. And the first Monday we did it, it was just me and Mike. Uh, last, last week we had eight brave souls. One who came, who was there. We give him credit for coming. He came just a little late and missed us. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I would love to see every one of you show up at 530, and maybe that's not practical for you, and maybe that doesn't work for you, and, you know, that's fine. Nobody's judging you. But I would encourage you, if you believe, and you want to come and pray, it's just a half an hour, you want to pray for revival, that's what we're doing. We're going to pray for revival in our church. And even if you don't think we need revival, it doesn't seem to me like it could hurt anything. Can we agree on that? It's not going to hurt anything to get together and pray. So what is your part to play? So I want to make this as practical as possible. So uh, I put together a list of different, If this is, uh, this is sort of the Lifeway Glendale English Church list. Uh, chapter 7 list. So, Dave, can you put up there the uh, ministry responsibilities? Oh, Derek did it. 
This is Derek, our, our, our video trainee. Right here, Derek. Good job. Good job. Oh, that looks really good. So, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you know, maybe you already know all this, but I'm going to let you know some of the things that are going on that are required to build our church. Now, notice the little note at the top. Does not include all the things that different people might do. And if you have a suggestion of so, I did this by just off the top of my head. And, you know, that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, because I don't always remember things that I should be remembering, and I apologize right now if I left something off that's an important responsibility in the church, and, and please come up to me afterwards, and I'll add to this list. I actually have a copy of this, by the way. You can see it on the screen. There are copies in the front and the back if you want to pick this up. So some of these things are one-person jobs. Some of them require a lot of us to make it work. Uh, let me just say this. If you're visiting with us, it's good for you to know that uh, when you come to church here on Sunday, all this doesn't happen by accident. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And I also want to say, even if you're not a member yet, there are many of these jobs that you could sign up for and volunteer to do and serve. You do not have to be a member necessarily. Now, some of these require a screening process. For instance, I already mentioned the music ministry. Most of you are automatically disqualified. (laughs) But... If you think you might qualify, you can see Mr. Kevin Kawai over there. As it says here, he's in charge of musicians and singers. So, um, let me just go through it real quick. Children's ministry. How many of you are serving in the children's ministry? It's what happens during church. We have the younger children. They have classes. They teach them. They have age-appropriate lessons. That's why, how old do you have to be to get in the auditorium? Like at least a fifth grader, right? Everybody else has a separate class? A lot of you went through those classes, didn't you? Yeah, you had teachers, didn't you? That's good. You didn't teach yourselves, did you? No. Okay, lesson Sarah Callahan, Joe and Chris Smith. Sign up for that. See them if you're serving. Musicians and singers, Kevin Kawai. Ushers, Kevin Batchelor. Contribution counters, Nick Talbot. That's another one you need to be screened for because you count, we, don't, we want to make sure you're not stealing the money, Okay. Just being honest with you, Lifeway Church, real life, you know, we're going to have to make sure you don't have a record, you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay, online giving, Nick Talbot, small group leaders, Risa Mary Kay Nealon, small group leaders do a lot of work in the church. By the way, how much do these people get paid? None of these people get paid anything. You know what? They didn't pay the gatekeepers. And they didn't pay the guards, and they didn't pay the temple servants, and they didn't pay the singers, even the really good ones. Right? Only the priests were supported. And in this church, all that happens on every Sunday and through the week is supported by the members of this church. Mary Kay and I are the only ones that are receiving any sort of financial support. Okay? So Mary Kay and I... uh, if you want to be a small group leader and you're not, we just we actually just uh, signed up a new small group leader. Uh, Richard and Gina Alexander are going to be leading a small group now. And, uh, you know, just doing my job, getting more volunteers. So they're going to lead a small group. Anyway, uh, Feeding the Homeless, Marlon Shows, Sally Lee, Sound and Setup and Takedown. If you want to help out with that, Richard Alexander is the man to see. Is that right, Richard? 
That's right. Could you use some help, Richard? You could use a lot of help. You do have good help, but you could use more. Opening the facility and closing it. Uh, Tom and Anna McCurry, Donna Dolores Johnson, mentoring program. You know, we have a lot of people who volunteer to help mentor our youth, young people. Uh, see Larry Wong and over in San Gabriel for that. Then the, uh, the youth ministry, very important ministries. Uh, we have a third and fourth grade ministry. Lynn Cannon leads that. We have a fifth and sixth grade ministry. Priscilla Lua in San Gabriel leads that if you want to volunteer for that. We have a junior high ministry currently led by Russ and Lonnie Turner, even though, as it says on there, they're going to be uh, moving on in August, so we need somebody to take their place. I already talked to one couple that I've handpicked to perhaps do that today. Um, Youth Ministry High School, Kevin and Nuria Kawai, Joe and Chris Smith, Benevolence, Eric Rodriguez Sr., Video and Screen, Mr. David Marr right down here, ladies and gentlemen, Video and Screen, Finances in the Board, Uh, Dr. Mike Steffens in charge of that, he serves as our board representative for the L.A. Church. Website, Gene Alexander, if you have something you want to, an event you want to put on the LifeWay website or pictures or whatever, send them to Gina. She's, uh, she'll screen that, make sure it's appropriate. Don't put anything up about like one-year anniversaries of breweries or anything, okay? That's not on the, that's not on the list that we want to encourage, right? Uh, posting sermons on the website, Richard Alexander, communion preparation. Now, sadly, I had to send out a text last night to find out who did that. And I didn't know, and shame on me, right? But that's, an in, in one sense, it's good that there's all kinds of stuff that happens, and I don't know who all who's doing it. But every time I come here at Sunday, you know, it's made, every Sunday we have the bread and the wine for the communion. Somebody gets here early and prepares that. Did you know that? That doesn't happen by accident. And Anna McCurry's in charge of that. She works. And then I have a new category here, visitation. And there's a question mark. This is something that nobody's doing right now. But I thought, well, you know, maybe we should have a visitation team and somebody in charge of that to make sure that the, the members that we have who are physically unable to attend services right now would get people to come and visit them and encourage them. And right now there are four that I know of. I believe Clarence Floyd is still confined to home. Is that right? Burke Mohan, Jack Goldberg, and Albert Hill. Jim, you're here. Jim's wife. Very good. Okay. So anyway, if we could get somebody to volunteer and other people to work with them, then I think it would be great to have people who sort of their ministry was, we're going to make sure to go and meet and encourage. I mean, I do that with all those people. I haven't met with Jim's wife yet, but I need to do that. Um, let's talk about that, Jim. But it's not just supposed to be me. It's supposed to be everybody. So here's the thing. Please add to that list and help me out if you want to. Let me ask you if you're a member of this church. Where do you serve? If there was, if we have those are the departments, so to speak, and those are not all the names of people who do it, but these each, where do you serve? Are you in the credits anywhere? You know, we used to have an attitude in this church that everybody served in some way. Now, from what I could tell, this is one of the reasons I think we need a revival, 
there's a lot of people that think my job is just to show up. My job is to keep the seat warm. My job is just to show, and I don't, as far as I could tell, and maybe you're doing things I don't know, some of you, but there are a lot of people that are members of our church, and you're not doing any of these things. And you're not serving in any way possible. And I want to know why that is. And it's not so much, it's really not about, it's really not about me, is it? Look over in Romans 14. Let's close out there. It's really not about me. Here's the good news. When the day of judgment comes and they roll the movie of your life and you have to give an account for your life and the choices that you made, you will not be standing before me. Isn't that good news? You don't owe me anything. You don't have to prove anything to me. You do not have to impress me. But there is somebody you need to impress, isn't there? It's the Lord. So I want to close out here in Romans 14. And I want to remind you of why we do what we do. And also the fact that we are going to be accountable for what we did or didn't do. You know, I would like to say it nicer than that. Let me say it as nice as possible. On the day of judgment, you are going to have to give an account for God for how you lived your life and what you did and what you didn't do. And if you're a member of this church for a long time and all you do is come here every Sunday and enjoy all the blessings of all the work that everybody else is doing for you and you're not participating in that, then I don't want to be you standing before God. Now, I'm not going to be your judge. And you can be glad about that. And I like you. And I love you. And in many ways, I'm not expecting anybody specific because I don't know what. You know, I didn't even know who was doing the communion prep. But I found out. Etta McCurry. Thank you, Etta, for doing that. And I know you're not the only one. You have people that help you, right? So anyway, but I want to remind you this. This seems like a good way to close. Romans 14, verse 9. For this very reason, Jesus died, Christ died, and returned to life so that he might be Lord of both living and the dead. Why do we do what we do? Who is our Lord? Jesus is our Lord. It's not Reese Nealon. It's not Mary Kay Nealon. It's not your small group leader. Jesus is supposed to be Lord. You then, why do you judge your brother? Why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. That's why we shouldn't judge each other. All I can do and all I should do and all I hope I am doing, either publicly or privately, is if I see something in your life that concerns me, then I'm going to show you what the Bible says, and I'm going to ask you to please consider what the Bible says, not because it's important. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to embrace you. But God is going to judge you. And he's going to judge you by his word. That's going to be the standard. So we will all stand before the God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God.
we're all going to be accountable to God for how we lived our life. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a member here, make sure you're a worker and that you're part of this, that you're taking responsibility, that you're doing something. Make sure you're serving. If you're even visiting here, there are many of things that you could do here that we would be glad. You're not a member yet. Talk to us. Talk to one of the people that leads one of those things where you might be interested in serving. And uh, there's many jobs that you can do that don't necessarily require you to be a member. And we would love to see you get involved and get your feet wet. And, of course, we want to see you join us. We want to see you be a part of the fellowship here, the family here, in the fullest possible way. That would be great. What if we all, what if we all were people who loved Jesus enough that we were determined to do everything we could to serve in the church and meet needs in the church, to protect the church and to help the church be everything that should be spiritually? What if every single one of us, you know, I have a dream, I shared it with the men, I have many dreams, but... I have a dream page. A lot of you know this. One of the dreams that I have that I haven't shared before, I share it with a man about 10 ago. I dream that we will once again be a church where Jesus is Lord of all. Lord of every person's life and Lord of, in every person's life, Lord of every area of their life. I mean, I think that's an ideal, right, that possibly we've never hit or never would hit. But you know what I see? In our fellowship, Jesus is Lord of less. He's Lord of He's Lord of less and less. Less and less people in less and less areas of our life. So just consider that. You're not gonna I'm not judging you. I don't even really know. Tell you the truth, I don't want that job. You don't want it either, do you? Do you want that job, Kevin? I don't want that job. You know what? I'm gonna let Jesus have that job. But it is going to happen. That's the thing. You have to understand. Someday, at the end of your life, they're going to run the movie of your life. And then they're going to be the, the, the Lifeway Church, if you're still here, and there's going to be credits, and you're either going to be, you're going to be either in there or you're not going to be in there. And that's a part of it. If you need to serve and you're not serving, I hope you'll decide to do that today. Let's pray together. God, thank you for loving us so many times in spite of how we're doing. And, you know, God, it seems to me that we need a revival in this place. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. You know far better. But I just pray that you would, that something spiritual and powerful would happen in our fellowship. Wherever we're at, I know we can do better. I know we can do more. Help us each to uh, be play the part that we should play and to make a difference and to serve and to work and just like the people did in Nehemiah's day. And uh, bless us in that. Pray everybody here that's not yet a follower of Jesus will make that decision and make that decision soon. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day.